Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. For the last two months, we've been... We've been going through a series called Listening for God, and we've been talking about a lot of different issues about how you and I can come to the place where we hear God in our lives. And, and let me just go ahead and say, that with, with a series like this, there is a presumption. And the presumption is, is that God wants to talk to you. So let me just go ahead and tell you that. God does want to talk to you. He just doesn't talk to a select few individuals in the world. He wants to talk to you, you, little old you, warts and all, all your issues and whatever. God wants to talk to you. God wants to be a part of your life. He wants to interact with you. And we've talked about that over the last few weeks about what's missing in our lives. And then what's missing in our lives is that interaction with God. And so today we're going to talk as we end this series about hearing him. So for some of you, this may be a very important message because you could say to yourself, you know, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, I, I, I follow him, but I don't really know that I've ever heard him in my life, George. I don't know that I've ever heard him speak to me. So let me, let me, let me just go ahead and tell you, we're going to talk about that this morning. So let me just go ahead and tell you right now, although God can do this, it's probably not going to be, hey, the blue socks, not the purple ones. He's not going to talk to you like that. But he is going to talk to you about the things that are going on in your life and things that you have to do. And you're going to have to learn how to listen. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, My sheep know my voice. Do you know his voice? If God were to speak to you right now, would you know it's him? Do you know how to distinguish that it's him? See, this is what we're going to talk about, because here's the problem. The problem is is that what's going on with us is is really, can I be honest with you, a level of ignorance. Ignorance. We're going to talk about a level of ignorance that we have today. And here's what's going. First of all, there's a deep longing with believers to hear from God. So let me just stop for a moment. I don't care what theological perspective you're from. All of us have, if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, have within you, and it it shows up at certain times, usually when we're in the midst of a difficulty and a struggle, we have a deep longing to hear from God. Do you know what I'm saying? Think about it for a moment. I want you to think about it, especially think about the dark times you face. Haven't there been times when you've said, God, what do I need to do? God, I need you to help me with this. Will you please talk to me? We have a deep longing for something more. And a lot of times we want to hear from him. So, But the problem is, is we've got this ignorance thing going on. We've got this thing where we don't really know what that means or what that means. We've seen something on TV or we've heard somebody talk about this. And boy, that's kind of scary when you think about what you see on TV and everything. And you're like, whoa, is that what it is? Well, here's the second thing I want you to see. The concept of hearing God's voice is lost to the church today. The concept of hearing God's voice is really lost to the church today. 
really in the last 50 years or so, I would say even in the last 100 years, we, we've kind of lost the whole concept of what it is to, to know and to distinguish God's voice in our life. So we're kind of left for whatever. So one guy says it's this, and you hear some guy on the TV saying, well, God told him that you need to help him buy an airplane. Is that really from God? Why doesn't God tell me I need help buying a truck? Why does he have to tell him to buy an airplane? Does God do that? We've lost the whole concept of what it means to hear from God. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the whole issue of hearing from God. So the first thing I want you to understand is this. Number one, he does want to speak to you. Now, that's not on your notes. If you want to write that down, you can't. Number one, God does want to speak to you. If you don't leave here with anything today, God does want to speak to you. And number two, you've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to listen. He wants to speak to you. The second thing is, is you've got to learn to listen. Now, we're going to talk today about how do we learn to listen. That's what our focus is going to be on. This, I could spend hours talking about this, but I'm going to focus on two things about how to learn to listen. One of the things in learning to listen is this. You've got to learn to distinguish the voices that are around you. Because whether you realize it or not, there are competing voices in your life. Do you want me to say that again? Whether you realize it or not, there are competing voices in your life. There are other voices in your life that want to direct you. There are other voices in your life that want to tell you what to do. You need to understand that. We say, George, I don't, I'm okay. I mean, what do you mean there are other voices? Well, when I share with you what they are, you're going to understand what these other voices are. And they want to direct your life because here's what I want you to see. Before you became a Christian, they did direct your life. And whether you knew it or not, you were listening to them. And even now as a Christian, you might be listening to these other voices. What are these other voices? Well, it's in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus. He says this, And you he made alive, he's talking about your salvation, and you who he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay, so he's talking about how you were before you became a Christian. Here's what he says. In which you once, talking about your prior life, maybe this is even true for you today, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, and then verse 3, among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. From these three verses, we're going to three three competing voices. I'm going to be honest with you. These were the voices that you listened to before you became a Christian, but they are still powerful voices in your life today. So let me tell you what they are, right off the bat. First one he tells us, is that we lived our lives according to the world. Here's what I want you to see. We were, heavenly, we were heavily influenced by the culture and the world system. The first voice is the voice of the culture and the world system. Do you ever notice that? 
And that's continually changing. What's acceptable today culturally was not necessarily acceptable 20 years ago. Have you noticed that? Let me explain something to you. 20 years from now, you will be shocked what's acceptable. 20 years from now, you will be blown away by what the world says is okay to do, by what the world says how people should operate and how they should live and and even how they should think. Do you understand? Culture is always fluid. Culture is always changing. Have you noticed that? If you're older here, you know that because you would say, yeah, it's not like not like when I grew up in the 50s or when I grew up in the 60s or even like when I grew up in the 70s. Now, I grew up in the 70s. I'm glad we don't have bell bottoms, and I'm glad that our hairstyles have definitely changed from that era. Do you understand? But that's not what I'm talking about when you're talking about being influenced. I'm talking about the culture exerting an influence on how you should live your life. So, for instance, the culture can tell you how to live in your relationships. Culture tells you how to function with your kids. Culture tells you how you should act at work. Culture tells you this. Culture tells you that. And a lot of times what culture tells you is contrary to what God tells you. Have you noticed that? If you haven't, you need to. Sometimes what culture deems as acceptable is contrary to oftentimes what God tells you. Here's what I want you to see. So we're heavily, heavily influenced by the culture and its world system. That is a major influence in your life, if you haven't realized that. Have you noticed that? It's a major influence. You want to know what the biggest vehicle of change in your life, as far as the culture is concerned, especially with young people? One of the biggest influences is not the radio anymore, because it used to be years ago, oh, the radio, they quit listening to the radio. It's not the radio. Who's listening to the radio anymore? It's the phone. Do you know what I'm saying? Media. Because media conveys to you, listen to me, conveys to all of us what is the culture and the world system. Here's the second influence, and you may be shocked at this. Maybe you've never thought of this, but Paul very clearly tells us this in Ephesians. Satan has an influence on us. Satan has an influence on us. I, I like to say this. If you want to, Satan is the biggest button pusher in your life. Do you know what I mean by pushing a button? You ever been at work? Oh, watch me push so-and-so's button. Get a reaction. Satan knows how to get a reaction from you. He's observed you. He's watched you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what angers you. He knows what you desire. He knows what you like. And he will bring temptations by, or he'll bring, put you in situations where you are going to have to be faced, whether you like it or not, with a decision. And many times you will find yourself doing exactly what he wants you to do. He's another voice in your life. He's a competing voice out there. Satan. It's real. Now, you might be here and you say, I don't know if I think he's real, George. Uh, well, you need to wake up. Because he is real, and he does not want what's best for your life. He wants to destroy your life. Now, there's another voice that I think is very important for you and I to understand, and here's the third voice. Here's the third competing, third 
competing voice and probably the strongest influence in your life. You say there's the world, there's the culture. Yep, that's strong. And you're heavily influenced by that. There's Satan. He's very real. But this third one is a voice that you may not even realize. And sometimes I would even say this. You might even say it's God. What is it? The strongest influence in in our lives is the desires of our flesh. The strongest influence in our lives is the desires of our flesh. You know what I'm talking about? Your body can influence you to do things without you even realizing it. Do you understand? In fact, to be honest with you, even the non-religious world, even the non-Christian world understands that. What do you mean? Why do you think they have commercials? They have commercials so that it will appeal to your what? Desires. Have you ever noticed that when they do a commercial for a fast food joint, they don't show you the restaurant. What do they show you? The food. And have you ever noticed that what they show you on TV never looks like what you get at the restaurant? And you keep going back hoping that the next one, the next burger, looks like the one on the TV, right? See, here's what I want you to understand. When you go through Walmart, have you noticed that when you go through Walmart and you're waiting forever at the checkout line, waiting to go through and you're looking around there, and what is there to look at while you're waiting to get up to the lady who's going to check you out? Have you noticed that what they have there is all kinds of healthy foods like celery, Cheese sticks. Have you noticed all that? Apples, bananas. I'm in the wrong line? Okay. Somebody said I'm in the wrong line. Have you noticed? No, there is no line like that. What is there? Jerky, you name it, gum, candy bars, all there. And if you notice that if you bought them by the pack, you're a lot cheaper. But when they're single, they're almost as much as a pack. Why? Because they understand that you are heavily influenced by what? You are strongly influenced by what? The desires of your body. In fact, you maybe just had lunch and you thought you were satisfied till you walked through the line and all of a sudden your body says, a Snickers bar, three musketeers, jerky. See, the strongest influence, now here's the thing I want you to understand. These influences, these voices compete in your life with the voice of God. See, he wants to speak with you. You need to understand that. But you've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to distinguish his voice in your life. How do we do that? Well, we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But you've got to first understand that you've got these other voices, you've got these other influences in your life that you, to be honest with you, that I respond to whether we like it or not. We respond to those voices, especially if we've not learned to listen. So how do we learn to listen? Well, let's go all the way back, if you have your Bibles. Let's go all the way back to a passage that we looked at at the beginning of this series. It's in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. 
1 Samuel chapter 3. And we're only going to look at four verses today. When we looked at it before, we looked at Eli's life compared to Samuel's life. But today we're going to focus on God's interaction and speaking to Samuel. So that's what we're going to focus on because through this we're going to enter into an initial, a a beginning lesson, a, a level one lesson to understand how to distinguish and hear God's voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you've got to learn to listen. So let's look together. First of all, I want you to look at verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So very first verse. Samuel didn't know the Lord, and one of the key things about not knowing the Lord was is that the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. Now go with me. We're going to look at verse 19 through 21. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I want us to see three things here. Three things here about distinguishing God's voice from the competing voices. First thing I want you to see. We see it in verse 7. We don't know God's voice because we don't read God's word. We don't know God's voice because we don't read God's word. Now, you know, I once listened to somebody, I heard somebody once say that, you know, God speaks to them, and when I was talking to them about reading God's word, they said, oh, I don't read God's word, but God speaks to me. I'm going to tell you right now, God does not speak to you outside of his word. Yes, he can maybe guide you and lead you, but it's always going to be in conjunction with what he says in his word. And if you're going to learn the voice of God in your life, If you're going to be able to distinguish the voice of God in your life, the only way that you're going to be able to distinguish it is by you being a man or a woman of God's word. What does that mean, George? i got to walk around with my Bible all the time? No. It means reading it. Reading it. I remember a few years ago, I was driving, had to go to Dubois, and, and I was driving down the road here, and I was going to turn up to go up uh, Windy Hill uh, or up, up the Greenville Pike, and there was this car in front of me, and, and I looked in the back of this car, and he had his Bible smashed up into the back of the window, and what caught my eye about it is because it was white, and you don't see too many white Bibles. You used to years ago, white Bibles were a, a thing ladies would carry or or a wedding Bible or something like that. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. He's got a white Bible. The dude's got a white Bible. Then as I got closer, I guess I was tailgating him because I was fixated on this Bible, okay? Right before, as I come to the underpass, before I turn up to go up to Greenville Pike, I looked and I realized that it's a black Bible and it just has a lot of dust on it. Now, that guy probably would say he believes in the Bible, 
But I'm going to tell you something. Believing in the Bible and saying you're a person of the Bible is not just owning one and having it available. It's reading it. It's getting down and reading it. You say, well, I don't know where to read, George. Well, in the back, if you look on the back, you see that nice handcrafted bookshelf there that one of the fine men in our church made? You'll find a Bible reading guide back there. Now, you won't start off in Genesis with that Bible reading guide. You'll start off in the Gospels. And if you just start reading, the more you read, the more you'll be able to distinguish God's voice in your life. The reason why we don't know God's voice, the reason why you don't know God's voice in your life is because we don't read God's word. Do you understand? If you want to hear from God, read his word. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. The key to hearing is acting upon what God reveals to you. The key to hearing is acting upon what God reveals to you. Look with me at verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Okay, let me give you a practical illustration of what I'm talking about. What if I'm going through an issue, and I go to my friend Brad here, and I say, Hey, Brad, I'm going through this problem. What do you suggest I do? So Brad spend some time with me, and he gives me some clear directions about what I should do. And I say, okay, thank you, Brad. And I go on with my life, and I don't listen to anything that Brad tells me to do. I don't do anything that Brad tells me to do. In fact, I do the exact opposite. Come to another problem. Come back to Brad and I say, hey, Brad, I'm going through this problem. What do I need to do? So Brad tells me this time, he tells me again, this is what I need to do. And I'm like, okay, Brad, I'll, I'll, I'll consider that, I'll do that. But I go on with life, and again, I don't listen to anything that Brad tells me to do. I do the exact opposite. Now, Brad's finally figuring this out. I mean, I'm taking up his time. He's, he, when he tells me an answer, it's an hour-long answer. And he's got other things going on. And, and I'm not listening to anything he says. I'm doing the exact opposite. So here I am. I'm coming to another problem. And I come to him and I say, hey, Brad. I call him on the phone. Hey, you got a few moments. I want to talk to you about a problem. And if Brad says, hey, I'm sorry, man. I'll pray for you, but I really don't have time. Do you blame him? No, because you and I have done the same thing, right? The reason why he's no longer going to speak into my life is because I'm not doing what he's been telling me and encouraging me and, and counseling me to do, right? All right, let's stop for a moment. You want to hear from God? But when you go to him, he's not answering. You don't hear him anymore. You don't hear his voice. Could it possibly be that maybe it's because when he does speak to you, you're not doing it anyhow? Did you understand what I'm saying? One of the key lessons I had to learn in my life to hear from God is to listen and do the first time. Now, it's a process. You've got to learn it, and God understands that, and he lets you fail at it. But if after a while you're not willing to do what he's trying to tell you to do, do you think he's going to speak to you? No, not at all. See, here's the thing about Samuel. Samuel didn't let any of the words of God fall to the floor. What does that mean? It's, it's a word picture that he counted everything that God said to him as precious. 
and he acted upon it. So here we go. If we're going to talk about hearing God, if we're going to learn to hear God, you've got to be in his word to know when God speaks or how he speaks. Number one, in his word to know when God speaks and how he speaks. Number two, you've got to do what he tells you to do. You've got to act upon it. You've got to act upon it. Here's the third thing. God reveals himself and his will through his word. God reveals himself and his will through his word. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, verse 21 says, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Do you understand? Many of us, we want to see God. We want to hear from God. The thing is, is that when you say to you, are you reading his word? Why? Why do I need, I just need God to show up. God shows up when you read his word. God shows up so that you, when he does appear, you know it's him. How can I distinguish God's voice from these other three competing voices? His word tells me who it is. See, here's the thing. You've got to be a man and a woman of the word of God. I've been reading my own personal time. I've been reading through Second Chronicles. I'm at the end. I was, in, I was reading about King Ahaz. I was telling the men this. We have a group of men who gather here at the church on Friday mornings for prayer, and I was telling them one thing that amazed me. Let me, let me turn there. In Second Chronicles, one verse stuck out to me. God spoke to me through this verse. What do you mean? Well, let, let me explain to you. Let me read to you the verse first, and then I'll tell you how God spoke to me. Verse 22, it's an interesting word, about King Ahaz. Now in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. And this is that King Ahaz. Now that spoke to me. What? How can that speak to you? Well, I'll tell you. All right, here's the thing. We face problems all the time, right? How do you respond to them? Do they drive you to God or do they drive you away from him? King Ahaz was facing a problem, major problem. Rather than it driving him to God, it, the scripture says, drove him away from God. And in fact, it increased his unfaithfulness to God. The problem, rather than drawing him closer to the Lord, actually made him draw away. That spoke to me because I began to think in my life, okay, George, when you have a problem, what are you, how do you respond? Is it driving you to God or is it driving you away from God? And here's how my prayer was after I read that. Lord, I don't want to be like Ahaz. I want to be driven to you. I want to be found faithful in the midst of my difficulties and my struggles. See, that's how God speaks to you. That's just one simple way. With every person, it's going to be different, but he uses his word. Do you understand? You've got to be a man and a woman of the word of God. All right, listen here. You want to hear God's voice? Then you need to get serious and read his word to hear him. Then you'll hear God's voice. It's that easy. It's that easy. But you've got to be the one to make that decision. 
thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.